every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for What's Going On. Brought to you today by our friends at Davis Vision, giving you 1,000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses. That's $1,000 off LASIK. Start your round or road, excuse me, to better vision at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That's 801-253-3080. Time for What's Going On, where we catch up with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network. Gordo, there is one college basketball team still playing uh, here in the state. That would be? BYU's women's team. The, do we say Lady Cougars? Is that right? I don't think they do that anymore. So just Cougars? Yeah. The Cougars, Jeff Judkins' team down there at BYU, still playing. Surprised uh, Rutgers with that victory. Yeah, a little upset, right? Had to do a, yeah. a, a comeback there in the second half, coming away with win. Uh, 69 to 66. They now move on, I believe, to face Arizona, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. And uh, maybe Coach Judkins can make another run with that squad to uh, to the Sweet 16. Do you realize he's been there 20 years? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a while. He's done a really good job down there. Uh, DJ, I, I'm not sure if it's in this clip, but he rattled off a few of the stats. I mean, he's made the tournament half the time he's been down there. I think uh, he has three Sweet 16 runs, I want to say. So, I mean, he's he's certainly delivered some results uh, for that program. And uh, overall, I mean, just a, a really good dude and a mainstay in the sports uh, scene here. And it's I think a lot of people feel good for him having some success. Oh, yeah. No Lots of success. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. And Jody knows a thing or two about who. That he does. And he was on uh, this morning with DJ and PK, and uh, he actually gave his thoughts on the Utes opening in the coaching spot. I wanted to uh, hit you up as far as University of Utah men's team because you're a distinguished alumni of the program. There's no question about that. This position is open right now. Uh, A two-parter, what would you like to see as far as the credentials of a head coach, and what do you think about Alex Jensen? Well, I think Alex would be – a great choice. I mean, of course, he played at Utah. Was on probably some of the best teams Utah's had. Um, he's he's done his he's done his his hard work and he's paid the price. You know, he's been around a lot of a lot of good coaches that can help him. I know with me, I had a lot of people that helped me through the way, and I know that he he's had the same. And being under Coach Snyder, I think it's helped him see some things. And being his right hand man. I think also he he would recruit well because he loves Utah. He loves the program. He loves Salt Lake City. And so it's real easy to sell something that you really have passion for. And then I think probably the third thing is is that um, you know, he has he's he's got a he's got a really good nationality where he can he can re, he can recruit all over the country. He only played overseas for a while, so I'm sure he's got connections there with people. Um, if he gets the job, the big thing is what Rick did. And I'm not trying to toot my horn or whatever, but when Rick got the job, he was smart. 
you know, he hired good assistant coaches that really recruited the players that he needed. You know, you got to you got to recruit in state. You got to recruit that kind of player. You got to recruit in California. You got to probably recruit now uh, overseas, and you got to you probably got to recruit. Um, you know, probably in Texas. Texas, you know, it's, it's a little harder to go back east and get kids to come, but it does happen. But it's a lot harder and. That's what Majerus did. He got coaches that, that were good in those areas, and I think that that's what Alex has got to do if he gets the job. I don't want to go. Uh, it's a wonderful life, and all uh, you know, Alex is Jimmy Stewart, George Bailey. But we've all seen the movie, and this guy's going to leave the small time and go to the big time, and you know, shoot for the stars. And he keeps getting pulled back into the small town to make life better there. Alex has got a dream of being an NBA head coach. I think a lot of people have heard that and believe it. You had a dream for how your career was going, and it went a different way. And you've stayed there 20 years because it's fulfilling. So if Alex has the nightmare scenario, and PK and I both lived it, and it's stressful where two people want you to do something and you can only do one of them, what would you tell him about chasing your dreams which were all taught as a good thing and all that and yet what you got here is special don't overlook that just because it doesn't have as much sizzle you've lived it what would you tell him um i would tell him that you do a job and you take a job that you're going to enjoy that every day you get up in the morning and you're you're ready to go to work and i think alex has a little different than anybody else he's got a family and he's got two kids and and, you know, I think his wife has been very lucky to be in Salt Lake City with him with the Jazz, where she'd be, she's got family, her family's from from uh, Provo. And so I think she's close. And so when he's gone all the time, she's got people she can do things with. Let me tell you, people don't realize this. One year in the NBA is like four or five years in college travel-wise. Yeah, you're still going on charter flights. You're still doing that. But the bottom line is you're still gone. And um, I think it's hard. It's a hard life. And it's it's a hard life to have a family. And it's a hard life to really have a good relationship. And I think you have to weigh what's important to you. And I think Utah will pay him good enough money that he feels that, that it's worth it. I know his, his, he. I'm sure he has a dream of coaching the NBA. But it's, you know, one year you're good, one year you're bad, and you're fired. And that's that's a kind of kind of uh, situation that is and I'm not saying that's bad but that's just kind of kind of what it has to be and I guess what I can say David it's the same with you you probably have had many opportunities to go in a bigger market be able to be a sportscaster in a bigger market but you probably have made a choice that you like where you are you enjoy what you're doing and the same thing happened to me there's no question you know I thought I'd be coaching the men's team and all that but I've been with I've been with with BYU for 20 years. It's been great. I've coached some really really good players, and it's basketball. No matter no matter if I'm coaching BYU women's basketball team or I'm coaching somewhere else, it, it's basketball, and it's something that I totally love. And um, I'll tell you, my team they work hard. They work just as hard as I when I coach the men at Utah. They're just as dedicated as they were in Utah. Um, so, you know, I just think you got to do what you think is best for you and, and your family. It's sometimes it's easy to make decision for yourself, but you got to look, you got to put your family in this. And I'm sure Alex is that way. Alex is a very 
if he decides to take this job, if it's offered to him, I'm sure he's going to look at it and try to look at the whole picture and and all that, you know, and and, and try to make the best decisions for him and his, and his family. There you go, Jeff Judkins, head coach of BYU women's basketball. But of course, was at uh, Utah for a long time, assistant coach under Rick Majerus and uh, coached Alex Jensen, and uh, they got to that in that interview as well. And that, you know, Gordon, that's a that's a big story around here. Who's going to be the next guy at the University of Utah? I think you and I both are in the camp that. If Alex Jensen wants the job, it's probably his if he wants it. But uh, I don't, I don't, you and I got kind of hung up. Would he? Would he want it? Does he want it? That sort of thing. And could they pay enough to get him to want it? Well, I, I don't know about you, Jake, but I'm getting conflicting reports on it. You know, I was told that he wouldn't be interested, and then I was told that he would be interested. So I, uh, either way, he he's a terrific basketball mind, and he I think he would be a a fantastic hire for Utah, and I think he would tilt the uh, the college landscape here. I, I think that Alex Jensen has the kind of reputation and the kind of personality uh, that w- connects with uh, with kids around the state of Utah. And if he's knocking on your door, I think you're going to let him in and listen to what he has to say and be swayed by what he says. You know, any big man. How can you? It would be very difficult not to listen to Alex Smith, considering the success he's had with Rudy Gobert. Alex Smith and Rudy Gobert know each other. Alex Jensen. I'm just making a joke. Uh, did I say Alex? Yeah, Smith? you did. But I'm I sorry. called. I called Tuesday, Friday earlier in the show. So you yeah. know, we all. Alex it, Jensen. It I'm happens sorry. to us all every once in yeah. a while. Uh, well, here's the thing, Gordon. I'm not usually the you know, uh, a fan of the kind of the fan favorite sentimental former player idea for a head coach, you know, like mm-hmm. um, um, I, I didn't think it would go well with tight Murray at BYU or, or coaching, you know, like the, the sentimental choice, uh, it doesn't come up really anymore, but uh, back in the day, you know, John Stockton, would he ever want to coach? And, you know, I, I think those tight, you know, we, we think about players and, and how they were as players. And that doesn't always translate to being great coaches. Alex Jensen, however, has an impeccable resume. Yes. He's got a great resume. He's got the, he's got the background. He's had success at college, uh, you know, coaching with the jazz, certainly And your point about Rudy Gobert, I think is a great one. And, uh, in the G league as well, where he was the G league coach of the year. So, you know, it's not like they'd be, you know, taking a fan favorite out of obscurity and giving them a job that they weren't qualified for. Alex has a he's a terrific resume and I think is more than qualified for the position. So, you know, I, I'm with you. I think that it would be a, a solid hire. I think it, it'd be a tough job, as most college coaching jobs are, are tough, unless you're at Duke or Kentucky, I guess. But, um, you, you know, if they if he were to want to stay in the NBA, though, it'd be interesting to see where they go. And you and I both, I'm sure, have heard several names that that could be interested or could be out there as well. But it seems like he's the domino that's got to fall. Am yes. I am I feeling that incorrectly? Or are you getting kind no, of the I same think, vibe out of no, it? No. If Alex Jensen wants that job, I think it's his to have. Yeah. I don't know that for a fact, but uh, it sure seems like that would make a lot of sense. Because when you're coaching at Utah, it helps to have what what Juddy was talking about there, to have uh, local knowledge and to have uh, a bit of sway with the players here. And, yeah, you can rely on your assistants to do that if you want. But, uh, Alex, I think he's a heavyweight around here, and he would help the Utah program in a major way. I thought what Juddy said in that interview to David and, and PK, it, 
that he, he's a wise man. Uh, Jody is smart and he's wise and he's learned some lessons along the way too. Uh, if in fact, if I were Alex Jensen, I might give Jody a call. If I were uh, Mark Harlan, I might give Jody a call. Why doesn't he get a crack at it? <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. Seriously, if you, if, sure. I mean, this isn't a conversation I, I guess I was prepared to have, but why why can't women's basketball coaches be considered for men's jobs? That never they happens. We, we see, you know, men's coaches occasionally go over and coach women. Juddy is, is certainly an example of that. But we don't, you know, you don't see WNBA coaches up for men's jobs or, or certainly in the collegiate ranks. You, you, I, if you could think of one, let me know of women's coaches that have been hired as as men's coaches. You know, why should um, that decision that Jeff Judkins made in uh, 2001, and by the way, it was a good one for him. I'm not, I'm not being critical. He's just the example that we're, we're, we're talking about here. But why should that decision be meaning that you're in the women's game for the rest of your career? Not that there's anything wrong with being in the women's game for the rest of your career, but why would you all of a sudden be – Oh, it sound these this language sounds so negative. I don't mean it to, but be pigeonholed in the in the women's game just because you took a, a head coaching job for a for a women's program. That just doesn't seem uh, just Are you doesn't seem ripe to me. Even like when we hear when, when openings come up, no one brings up Jeff Judkins' Ever. name. Yeah, not that maybe you're not saying that he isn't that he's being blackbarred or whatever. No, from but it. he's we just don't mention. Jeff Judkins. Has it, have we seen Jeff That's Judkins? That's interesting. Have, did we ever see Elaine Elliott's name mentioned for for men's jobs? No. Why is that? Good I mean, question. Gordon's talking about hiring Jeff Judkins as an assistant. Why aren't they looking at him for a head coach? He's been to the mean? he's been to the Sweet Sixteen three times at BYU. I no, I wasn't talking about him as an assistant. I thought that's what you just said. Alex no. should look at Judkins to hire him on staff. Isn't that what you no. just said? No, I said he should talk to him to to seek his counsel. Oh, oh, I misunderstood. I apologize about what he about what he should do. Jeff Judkins knows an awful lot about basketball. The guy played the NBA, and not that, but he's uh, he, you know he coached at Utah. He's he know, I mean he knows basketball. The only thing that might be. Uh, in consideration with him would be how old he is and how long he wants to keep coaching. And okay, I, I but why know, wasn't he up for the, the gig when Boylan got it? Yeah, I don't know. Was he? Wasn't he? No, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, but he certainly is qualified. There's no doubt about that in my mind. You don't think Pat Summit could have been a successful coach on the men's side? Yes, Give I do. So why did nobody break. hire her? Yeah, <laughs> that's my point. That's what I'm bringing up here. Juddy's just our example, but why not? Why isn't Gino uh, um, Ariema? Thank you, Austin. Uh, why isn't he considered? He's, I mean, done everything that you could possibly do at a collegiate uh, level for the UConn women's program. Why not? Yeah, I, 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 I think that Jeff Judkins could coach any program and be successful. I mean. There's, there's no doubt in my mind about that. But, but if you're going to do a, a comparative thing, you know, if you could get Alex Jensen, would you prefer him? What about Johnny Bryant? What about others? You know, there's, there's all kinds of candidates. So I don't know. But I'm happy for Juddy because he, he, he's a good man. He's a smart basketball mind. And he deserves to see success. And he's seeing it. He's coaching the women. So what? It's the same thing, just like he said. Is it fulfilling to me? Is it basketball? 
Yes, on both counts. That's why he's been there for 20 years. Yeah, I don't think anybody's uh, criticizing him for coaching down there or not saying he hasn't done terrific things. I just wonder why he wouldn't be considered for men's jobs just because he's coaching a women's program. Do you think a, a, is there a huge difference in pay? I, mean, uh, I have no idea at most what jobs, Jeff Tudkins is making. At most jobs but, there are. I'm not sure about BYU. I mean, obviously, we don't, yeah. we don't know. I'm sure he's making a fine living. I'm also probably, uh, well, sure, he's not making $3 million a year. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine not. No. So. Hey, you bring up great questions, Jake. Jake's, uh, and those are questions that I think are, are uh, you know, worth considering and thinking about. Uh, you can't tell me Jeff Jenkins wouldn't be a great college basketball coach wherever he is. I agree. Just, but I'll tell fact. you, if I was an up-and-coming college basketball coach and my aspirations were to, you know, uh, be, you know, coach in the Final Four someday, I wouldn't take a women's job along the way. Uh, yeah, but like uh, like Jeff was talking about there, when they asked him those questions, he said that sometimes your, your life path takes you in a certain direction. And he said he's had opportunities at other places, but he turned them down because he liked where he was. No, so. I oh, okay. I mean, get away from Judkins for a second. Just, I mean, if you were an up-and-coming assistant, second or third assistant, and you were trying to make your way to being a head coach, making $3 million a year at a major college program, I wouldn't take a women's job along the way, even if it seemed right at the time, because I worry it would derail my future plans. And that, unless, unless you gave it a try and found out you really loved it, and suddenly your your goals and your aspirations change a little no, bit. No, I hear you, but you wouldn't have the option to come back, and I think that's wrong. Yeah. I mean, you I, shouldn't I be, you know, how many great coaches could be coaching women if it wouldn't stifle their career? That, yeah, that's ridiculous. Right. That should, that should never happen. Exactly. So, I mean, yes, you could, uh, uh, you know, really love what you're doing and stay there, but it shouldn't be – derailing to what you want to accomplish. That's terrible. Yep, I agree. Okay, so answer me this question. If you had to guess one way or the other, who do you think the next head coach at the University of Utah will be? Well, I mean, the smart money's on Alex Jensen. I just don't know if he wants it. If he wants it, I think he'll have it. I know, that's part of the mystery. Right. So, I mean, if if you're who the likely next head coach at Utah is, at this point I'd say Alex Jensen. Would you? All right. Well, we'll see. We shall see. It'll you don't be fun did, do to, you disagree? To see how this plays out. No, I, I. That would be a terrific choice. I think. Um, yeah, we're going to have to keep our eyeballs and our ears uh, uh, open, and uh, you know, waiting to hear. Because I wonder how long it'll take. What do you think? What do you think the time frame is on this? Well, always sooner is better in these situations because you got to hit the ground running, right? Yeah. So um, I don't know, but I would I would guess they want to get it done. Get her done. All right, let's yep. jump let's jump out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. Uh, speaking of uh, getting things done, uh, Andrew, a lot of people have probably put off um, uh, treating their erectile dysfunction because they're embarrassed or because they don't want to deal with reality or, uh, you know, there's, I'm sure any number of reasons you run into and it's just silly. Stop. Get it taken care of. You can be happy again. Yes. Uh, between 30 and 40 million men in America struggle with ED and only 30 percent of those seek treatment. This is what the stats say, at least. Um that's pretty staggering. So that means there's probably 20 million guys 
that are doing nothing. The problem get, is getting worse. The relationship is suffering. If you're struggling with ED, maybe you just don't know about the acoustic wave therapy that Wasatch Medical Clinic uses and how quick and easy it is. The Cambridge study says that three weeks of treatments is enough to increase blood flow and get rid of ED, uh, get rid of the need for the pill, and improve blood flow and circulation. That's pretty easy. Three weeks from now, you could be done with it. Um, Get over the stigma and the embarrassment. It's so normal. It can happen to anybody. And we're helping turn back the clock a little bit, get rid of the pills, and get rid of the side effects. I want to ask you about the spouses or partners, because I know you talk to a, a lot of those folks as well. This is, this is not uh, something that just affects one person. It affects the relationship. Absolutely. And a lot of spouses uh, will talk to us and say, how do I talk to my man about this? You know, obviously, I'm, I'm affected by this. Uh, I kind of think it's a compliment to the relationship to want to be more intimate. That's what I say. I don't think it's an insult to the man to want to get the ED fixed. It means you want to improve things in the relationship. And what man doesn't want to hear that? Absolutely. So let's let's do this thing. Improve that relationship. 801-901-8000. Come in, see the doctor. I know uh, we're going to talk about all the free stuff you're doing uh, as well, but you could get this, uh, be done with this process and back to some normalcy really soon. That's exactly right. Put a stop to the ED. Call us. The assessment, the exam is all free. You'll spend some time with our medical doctor. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound and test your blood vessels. It's pretty cool, actually. I've had that done several times. Uh, We'll uh, include that little special gift that guys like so much. It uh, produces immediate results in the bedroom, and it's all no charge. Awesome. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right. We're talking some college hoops coming up next with uh, Greg Peterson. Uh, Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's raining tacos from out of the sky. Tacos. No need to ask why. Just open your mouth and close your eyes. It's this is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is a total request Tuesday. I'm trying to scroll to, here it is, uh, Austin's theme today in honor of Gordon remembering the first time he ate beef tacos. Songs, bands that uh, you have specific memories attached to. This one goes out to our guy, Ben. Uh, I've never even heard of this. It's Raining Tacos by Perry Grip. It's catchy. What that song? No, it isn't. What, some auto-tuned song of somebody saying it's Raining Tacos? Tell me you're not nodding your head out there to this. Oh, man. This is better than anything Miley Cyrus ever made. Oh, man. Oh, bite your tongue. <laughs> love better par- than Wrecking Ball? I love Party in the USA. Well, not better than Didn't Wrecking Didn't we decide that Party in the USA was the better out of those two songs? No. Yeah. I no. We had you a big you thing decided that, that Jake. Did uh, we have a vote? A vote of who? I thought you put it out there on uh, on the Twitter machine, and it came back uh, party in the USA. Oh, that may that may be. I don't recall that, but 
Yeah, we the Gordon watched the Wrecking Ball video and was like, oh, I like this song. It was not how I said it. Stop it. <laughs> and then we had a big thing, a big comparison. All right. I don't remember either. Hey, uh, we had to uh, move. Uh, quick uh, corrections and retractions. Greg Peterson, we had to bump him back a little bit. Or he bumped us. I don't know which one. But he's going to join us at 430. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, we'll talk some college hoops with him. But we didn't have a chance to get to the Hanson Scotty clip for what's going on. Should we go over that now, Gordo? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. They talked about uh, Bogdanovich and his struggles. Where is Boyan's offense? He is shooting 16% over that stretch from three. It's Is that 16%? Yes. It's just 16%'s not a, a good three-point percentage. Um, let me check on that. <laughs> no. I don't know what the Mendoza line would be on three-point shooting, but it would definitely be below that. So my thought was through, through this – through this terrible shooting streak, the Utah Jazz are continuing to win. Through this terrible shooting tr- streak, which included 0 of 5 last night against the Bulls. Let me look to make sure. Yeah, it included 0 of 5 last night against the Bulls. The Jazz are continuing to win in spite of what Boyan Bogdanovich is currently doing offensively. And the thing that's really difficult, Scotty, offensively with Boyan Bogdanovich, it doesn't just stop at the three. He's struggling from all areas of the court offensively. Yeah. And and it's almost like his his shot is cursed. You saw there was one shot, I think it was in the third quarter, trying to close my eyes and, and picture. He, he, he made a run at the rim. He put it up at the rim. I, I think it was kind of a floater type shot. And it hit the rim, bounced to the back corner of the rim, rolled across the front of the rim, and off the front of the rim, no basket. And and the camera actually panned onto Boyan, and he's just sitting there shaking his head. And he's, you know, in his mind, he's thinking, "What? The, what is going on?" Yeah, he's got the uh, he's got the yips for sure. He's got the yips. Um, and, and there might be look, you might be some lingering injury issues there too, but. You look at Boyan last night. He played nearly 31 minutes. Uh, let's It's 30 minutes, 18 seconds. So let's just round it down. 30 minutes last night for Boyan Bogdanovich. Okay, so he's out there for the majority of the game. There's only 18 minutes of the game where he's not out on the court for the Utah Jazz. Last night. Last night. Okay. The Jazz won this game by 25 points. Mm-hmm. Boyan Bogdanovich, in his 30 minutes he was out on the court, the Jazz were only plus one. So in the 18 minutes, he's off. They're plus 24. So you look at the pl- individual plus minuses. Rudy plus 19. Uh, Mike Conley plus 18. Uh, Ingles plus 18. Jordan Clarkson plus 25. George Niang plus 20. And Boyan Bogdanovich plus one. In 30 minutes of play last night. Man. Okay. So this isn't our first rodeo, Scotty. We've seen this with jazz players yeah. over the years. We've seen it with Boyan. Already this year, Boyan's gone through a couple of different strange slumps this year. And, and I know that there's risk recovery, and I know he had surgery. And I, I'm, I'm starting to feel like and assume that he's through that to a large degree. Uh, I would think so. There could be some lingering issues. That's maybe something that, I'm, you, know, that you could strike it up to, but I don't, I don't know. Because he missed the bubble last year. So he, he he had surgery on that wrist. Wasn't it a, like a week or two before the bubble? Uh, yeah, it was right around the bubble. Yeah, right right before there. So 
I, you know, until you get a full year off a, off a surgical procedure, for the most part, I, I do think that there's lingering effects, that there are certain things that that can affect you mentally. <clears throat> so maybe he is dealing with some of that. But I do, I do look at Boyan and I think, okay, so what do you need? Because he's getting open looks. I think you can you could probably agree. With I'd that, agree. Right? That, yeah. I, I think multiple threes, and I'm trying to think of the five threes. I I'm having a hard time remembering all five of his threes last night, but I do, I can specifically remember at least two that were wide open looks, wide wide open looks. And my guess is of the 31 threes that we're talking about, where he's five of the last 31 and shooting 16%, of those 31 looks, the way this Jazz offense rolls, most of those looks have some room. Yes, agreed. Spacing's been good. Most Mostly it's good shots, yeah. So I think it's safe to assume that Boyan Bogdanovich is inside his head. I don't think it's the way teams are defending him necessarily to affect him that much to where he's now a 16% three-point shooter over the last, what is that? I think it's six or seven games. Yeah. I can't remember the total of games that it was to get to 31 attempts, but I think it's six or seven games. It, it, it's not, I don't think it's the defender that put him to a plus one last night. I, I don't think it's I the think system. So. Nope. I think Boyan Bogdanovich is just currently deep inside his own head trying to possibly figure out what's going on with himself. How do you get somebody out of that, by the way? And, and I know oh, you, you played football, it, basketball. It's a different sport. I, but I do think there are some, some parallels there. I, I, actually, I actually truly believe this when it comes to shooters in the NBA. And, and I, I remember having a conversation with Jerry Sloan about this specifically. It, it, when it comes to shooters in the NBA, just continue to instill confidence and give them an opportunity to, to get out of it. That's that's the way shooters got to shoot. That's the way they that's the way it goes. All right, there was Hanson Scotty talking about uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, and uh, yeah, I, he certainly has struggled. Although I don't know if the plus minus from last night is the evidence I'd, I'd quite throw out there, considering that Donovan Mitchell was plus two and he had thirty points on eleven of nineteen shooting and was incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, the reason the plus minus numbers last night were so skewed is when the Jazz went on their run in the second quarter. Uh, was uh, when the bench unit which was out there, which for the Jazz has been really good, but that's when uh, Rudy and Mike Conley are out there with Joe Ingles and Bogdanovich and Mitchell are not. And that's when uh, also, uh, conversely, the Chicago Bulls uh, in the second quarter didn't have Zach Levine on the floor. And, uh, Gordon, I don't know if you noticed this last night, but outside of Zach Levine, the Bulls don't have a whole lot. And, <laughs> no, uh, they don't. So I, the, the, the plus minus, is, that had more, I thought, more to do with how the game went last night. But um, the, there's no question Bogdanovich is not shooting the ball well. I, I think his wrist is still bothering him. I mean, I don't, the only evidence I really have of that is that whenever he falls, Gordon, you notice he gets his right hand out of the way every single time. Because he's gone to the basket a lot and missed a lot of layups, actually, which is an interesting issue. But he's also fallen to the ground a lot. And if you notice, he won't put his right hand down. But I think he's got to shoot his way out of it. I mean, imagine if Bogdanovich returned to shooting 40% plus, point, uh, 40, uh, percent plus from three. It would be well, a huge question, deal for this team. The question then becomes, at what price? Because a game like last night, he goes 3 of 14, 05 from three. Okay. So so what? The Jazz can absorb that. But what happens when they get in games where they have to have production out of that position? Well, Joe, I mean, Ingles- how long how long do you stay with it? 
you bring up Joe Ingles, Joe is hot as can be. In fact, during last night's game, I was thinking, set up shots for Joe Ingles. Dude can barely miss. He is so red hot right now. Get him the ball. And I noticed that other players were eager to get their shots. And as it turned out, that Joe only gets what? How many shots did he get last night? Six or something? Uh, let's see. Joe Ingles eight, had eight, six eight of eight. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, five of six from three. So he, he's just launching things and feeling so comfortable and hot right now. The only thing that could be a concern for the Jazz is that usually the law of averages evens out. And for it to even out, then Joe's going to have to miss a bunch of shots. But right now he's making everything. And so how long... I understand. I, I, I'm not suggesting that Bogdanovich's minutes get limited because you want him to play through this thing. I understand that. But for how long? And what do you do if he doesn't come out of it? Well, I think he'll come out of it because players almost always come out of it. Um, unless you, Austin and I were talking about this off the air, uh, unless you think he's Chuck Knobloch and just forgot how to play basketball. But um, <laughs> the thing with Joe Ingles, he finished, Joe Ingles finished the game against, I think it was the Wizards. So it's not like Quinn Snyder has not adjusted. Uh-huh. So, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I get your question, you know, how long do you stick with it? Well, I, I think Coach Snyder is well aware of that problem and is, you know, he's already adjusted. Last night against the Bulls, you're up by 20, who cares? Yeah, Bogdanovich was actually in the game to finish the game in order to work through his troubles, I think. So I think that's what they need to – honestly, and we can have this conversation, I suppose, but do you really believe that uh, Bogdanovich forgot how to shoot? Like it's just gone and never coming back? Because I don't don't believe that, and I don't think you do either. No, I don't believe it. But if – let's say that uh, this thing continues for some period of time and you get in a game that you really feel like you have to win – are you going to have Bogdanovich on the floor? Well, that's you know up to Coach Snyder. Obviously, he he has a better feel for it than I than I certainly would have. And, oh, I and he already I wouldn't have him on the floor, Jake. I, if the Jazz had if they were to start a playoff thing tomorrow, yeah, I would start him out. I'm not going to bench him, but if he doesn't have it going on, then I'm 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 going to put Joe Ingles in the game and uh, see where that can take me because I can't afford to fiddle-faddle around anymore. Right now you can do that a little bit, but already Bogdanovich has, in my opinion, cost the Jazz some opportunities to win games. He has not been good at either end of the floor. And, yeah, okay, you work through it now, but only to the point where it's not going to cost you games. Well, they're still in first. Let's right. let's let's realize that he hasn't cost them that many games because they you know still are the best team in the league. Uh, but I, I I hear what you're saying, Gordon. But if they he's a key component uh, to what they do for a variety of reasons, uh, including how much they pay him. So I mean they really need him to figure it out, and I think he uh, I think he will figure it out. But it, you know it comes back to that conversation which you and I have had a bunch, and I always bring up this example. You know I don't care if Tony Gwynn's 0 for four on the day. I want him up in the bottom of the ninth. Michael Jordan, as you pointed out just yesterday, in those games where he hit those big shots over the Jazz was terrible. But who did you want taking that shot? He wasn't terrible. He just wasn't particularly efficient. We can split hairs on the verbiage. Well, 15 but... or 35, if, you know, if <laughs> yes, that means exactly, anything to you. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, 
there's a little bit of that there too is you expect the guy to be him and work through his stuff so and now that might be a different story if he's hurt but we don't know if he's hurt because he won't talk about it well he's messed up right now offensively and he's a liability at the defensive end and i'm not suggesting that he gets benched that's not what i'm saying but he better come around sometime because you can't just keep trotting the guy out there who isn't helping you you know at some point you've got to make a a a more declarative decision Uh, and i'm not saying that the jazz are there yet and if, if I were going to put money on it, I would expect Bogdanovich at some point to bounce back. I just don't know when that's going to happen. He's out of sorts right now. Well, I don't think we're at the point where it's uh, cut Bogdanovich. But... No one's suggesting that. But <laughs> no, I'm making a joke. Would, would, you, would you back off on his minutes? No. Joe Ingles is playing so much better than Bogdanovich right now, it's not even close. Right, but they have different roles on the team. Yeah. I get it. But Joe could fill that role. Part of that role. Yeah. He certainly can handle the spacing of the floor and shooting uh, three-pointers. I mean, <laughs> watch him. Right, but his game's about more than that, and they don't necessarily guard 100% the same position. Yeah, what are you going to do, bring Bogdanovich off the bench? Plus, Joe with the bench unit has been amazing. Out of yeah. all the, the, you know, the should Joe start, should Joe not, does it affect his game, does it not? Obviously it doesn't because he's playing the best ball of his career coming in off the bench. So, well, I mean, it's, it, it's, and the bench unit, that unit with Joe Ingles whooping up on the other team's second unit is the reason they won by 25 last night. Yeah, that's what brought it up. And Joe is, Joe is right now, that basket is huge to yeah. him. And uh, I don't think it's a terrible idea that Joe Ingles is playing 25 minutes instead of 35 minutes for wear and tear purposes. <laughs> well, it, it, like you said, it hasn't killed the Jazz, but it seems like Bogdanovich is, is a liability at both ends of the floor, and that's something that either has to be worked out or he needs to be uh, cut again, yeah. I, know. I don't cut. think we're there yet. Not obviously. What's the right word? Put on injured reserve. Punished. <laughs> <laughs> Sent to the G League. <laughs> no, no, just just partially replaced. <laughs> Raja Beld. No, not that. I don't think he should be partially replaced. I think he'll be fine. Well, I didn't say he should right now. I said if it continues. All right, stay tuned. Market update coming up next. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a mar- market update brought to you by TryDayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TryDayTrading.com. How did the markets do today, Gordon? Hold on a second. I'm wiping tears away from my eyes. Why is that? Not a great day. Got into some onions? On oh, on the markets. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. The S&P was uh, down 30 points. Yeah. That's kind of gross. The NASDAQ was down nearly 150 points. See that on-off button? Let's turn that off. (laughs) (laughs) 
And the Dow, which uh, just last week was reaching all-time highs, was down another 308 points. If you do that again, you beepity beep, I swear we will cut you in half and we will mail you back to your family. We will do (laughs) horrible things that will make your entire family cry on Christmas. Hans is so descriptive, isn't he? So, yeah. So not, not a, a good, good day, day, huh? Not no. a good day? All right. Not a great day today. No, 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 no. But uh, carry on. Hang in there. Hang in there? Okay. I'll do my best there. All right. Thanks to the good folks at uh, TridayTrading.com. All right. Coming up uh, on the other side, get into some comments that uh, Steve Kerr uh, made yesterday, which I, I thought was interesting. And, and like I said, we have a lot of sound. Maybe we can get to the Lane Kiffin thing, uh, too, because that did make me laugh. Have you ever had somebody that you just liked more and more as time went on? Because that's me with Lane Kiffin. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, he's who hilarious. Was guy, who was the guy who used to always make fun of Lane Kiffin? Uh, the Comedy Central dude. What was that guy's yeah, name? Tosh. Daniel, Daniel Tosh. Tosh. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. those were. They looked like brothers. Which those were really mean skits, but also quite funny. <laughs> But but Lane himself is is quite funny. I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, but he's hilarious. And I think really? he's gotten to the point where it's like anything that could possibly be said about him has been said and judgments made and all this. So he's now reached the point where he's like, I don't care. So he takes <laughs> shots at Nick Saban. I mean, he, he's he's amazing on uh, uh, online. He's really funny. Well, and he had I'll a really awkward moment with uh, with Paul Feinbaum. Like cringeworthy, oh, awkward, but oh, hilarious. I couldn't watch the whole thing. <laughs> I, st- I'm, I haven't watched the second half of it, Jake. So it's that oh, awkward. It's so How long funny. is it? It's not that long. Like a minute and a half? Yeah. It's not oh, we got to hear it then. <laughs> yeah, so, we got to hear it. Like I said, we got a lot of sound today, so we'll try to get to, uh, to a couple of those coming up next. So stay tuned. But let's jump out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. And Andrew, I know you've helped a lot of our listeners, but based on some of the stats you've thrown out today, where 30% of guys who suffer from this uh, are the ones who get it uh, taken care of, I'm wondering, you know, what's going on with the rest of the guys out there? Do something about it. Yeah, there are millions, probably millions, maybe tens of millions of men struggling with ED and suffering in silence. Uh, another, here's another stat. This is kind of astonishing. A lot of guys order medication for ED online. You know, they go to a Canadian pharmacy. That's pretty popular. 80% of ED medication sold online from other countries is counterfeit. And who knows what's in this stuff? So it's just a dangerous path. Uh, the pills don't really fix anything. You have to take more of it. Uh, they cause headaches. The technology at Wasatch Medical Clinic is proven to open up blood vessels and improve circulation. Uh, we just can't forget that erectile dysfunction is a blood flow problem. And men, you'll be amazed what can happen when we get your blood flowing properly. You turn back the clock a little bit in the bedroom and get that spontaneity restored. And the spontaneity has got to be huge, right? Because after, you know, guys out there have been taking the pill for a long, long time, I'm sure, doing some other things like the, the injections, which just sounds horrible. But after a few treatments with you guys, you can get back that spontaneity. That's got to be huge for a lot of guys. It is huge. The Cambridge University study says three weeks of treatments. They're 10 minutes apiece. Not intimidating, by the way. Not painful. That is enough to open up the blood vessels uh, to a satisfactory amount where you can do what you want to do. You turn back the clock, normal function, and you don't have to rely on the pill. So think about that. Uh, Let's call it middle of April. You 
could be done with these treatments and throw the pills away. 801-901-8000. That's the number to call. Get on the schedule. Go in and see that doctor and doing a lot of other things for free for our listeners too, right? There's so much for free. Even if you maybe have no intention of doing the treatments, I think this is a great deal and a lot of value. You'll meet with our doctor for free. He'll do an assessment and a blood flow ultrasound, a little enhanced gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. And don't forget, new patients even get free testosterone with us. So a lot of value. Uh, Give us a call. It's no charge. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right. We're getting into more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.